This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We wish you a warm welcome from the Christian Crusaders Internet and Radio Ministry. When Jesus was 12 years of age, he was separated from his parents for a few days. They eventually found him in the temple with the spiritual leaders discussing things of God. In today's program, we're going to talk more about this event and learn some key truths about spiritual maturity. Please stay with us for our message, Time to Grow Up. What do you want to be when you grow up? We ask children. But if you apply that question to a person's spiritual journey, what do you want to be when you grow up spiritually in your faith? It's a far different view, a far different discussion. As we're in worship together today, we'll discuss the basic truths of spiritual maturity that Jesus teaches us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, strengthen our faith in the promises that you have made to us concerning our relationship with you. Deepen our intimacy in your love, but open our eyes to all the ways that you wish us to be serving your purposes in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. The gospel today is recorded in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 39. When Mary and Joseph had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child, Jesus, continued to grow and became strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. 
Jesus said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Another translation says, I had to be about my father's business. But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. This is the good news of our Lord. Friends in Christ, grace and peace are always for you. From God our Father, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you want to be when you grow up? We often ask that question of children. But if they ask it of us as adults, we might be perplexed, unless the question were directed to the spiritual part of our lives. Are you spiritually all grown up? Have you ever met someone who never grew up? Their body aged they got a job, they got married, they had a family, but emotionally they were immature, irresponsible, undisciplined, undependable, self-centered, underdeveloped. I wonder sometimes if God's people in Christ's church are Peter Pan Christians. You remember what he said, I'll never grow up. Now we might not consciously say that, but the reality of how we live floating in our spiritual life without a committed intentionality of maturing has the same result. We never fully develop into the people God created us to be. Do you remember in Philippians chapter 3 when Paul said, I want to know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ. There's a parable told of an American Indian who stole an eagle's egg and put it in the nest of a prairie chicken. The eagle had hatched with a brood of chicks and grew up with them. All his life, this changeling eagle thought he was a prairie chicken. He did what prairie chickens did. He scratched in the dirt for seeds and insects to eat. He clucked and cackled. He flew in brief thrashing of wings and flurry of feathers, no more than a few feet off the ground. After all, that's how prairie chickens fly. Years passed, and the changeling eagle grew very old. One day... He saw a magnificent bird far above him in the cloudless sky, hanging with graceful majesty on the powerful wind currents. The bird soared with scarcely a beat of its strong golden wings. What a beautiful bird, said the changeling eagle to his neighbor. What is it? Oh, that's an eagle, the chief of birds, the neighbor clucked. But don't give it a second thought. You could never be like him. So the changeling eagle never gave it another thought, and he died acting and thinking he was a prairie chicken. God has given us new birth by faith in Jesus Christ, intending that we grow up, that we become fully developed men and women of faith, impacting 
the world for the sake of God's kingdom. So today we read the story of Jesus at age 12 in the temple. He was separated from his parents for a few days, but there is Jesus in the temple discussing the things of God with the scholars and the theologians and the spiritual leaders of his time. I think that we can learn a number of key truths about spiritual maturity from this story of Jesus. The first is that we seek God and the things of God with an open heart and an open mind. After all, discipleship means learning from the Master. It includes a receptivity to learn and a seeking to understand. God doesn't want churches filled with parrots, people who speak the correct truth, know the creeds, the doctrines of the church, but never understand impact for life or apply those profound truths to our real-life ethics. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. C.S. Lewis once wrote, We talk of love. A scholar's parrot may talk Greek, but self-imprisoned always end where we begin. Better an honest cynic wrestling with the tough questions of life related to suffering or sickness or death or tragedy in the light of an all-loving God than an apathetic pew-sitter who never invites God's Spirit to lead him on a daily basis. I think about the voice of Johnny Erickson Tata, who had a young teenage girl, had a diving accident, and has lived her whole life from a wheelchair. But she's gone on to write multiple books and is well sought after as a Christian speaker, even a singer. And the impact that she's had to share how faith and suffering go together and insights into how God is alive and at work in our world because of her unique journey of suffering. So Jesus is in the temple surrounded by scholars, teachers, and religious leaders. He takes seriously the faith traditions without being bound with them. He's not a lone wolf pioneering his own course. He's seeking God among God's people. He listens to their wisdom, their experiences, and their convictions, but then he filters them through his own knowledge and conviction as the child of God. That's the first one, seeking God with an open heart and mind. The second quality of journeying towards spiritual maturity is entering into the discipline and rhythm of the word of God and worship. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Jesus is in the temple to worship and hear the word of God. He's not there begrudgingly or tuned out to what the experience means. He's delighted to be in God's presence and worship, like a flowering blossom stretches to the light. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Vince Lombardi once had this to say, 
the man who's on top of a mountain didn't fall there. He means that to get to the top of the mountain takes commitment and effort. We need to enter into the rhythm and discipline of the word of God and worship to meet God where he's promised to be. You remember Moses came down from the mountaintop with his face glowing from having been in the presence of God. And Peter and John, according to Acts chapter 4, said the people noticed that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Or like the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites, they gathered manna every day. There's this ongoing dependence to interface and receive from God daily. Each of you have potential, God-given ability. It's a gift of God, but it must be developed, trained. It must be coached and disciplined to become all that God intended for you to be. That's the second quality, entering into the rhythm and discipline of the word of God and worship. The third quality in the journey towards spiritual maturity is to surrender to authority and live in obedience. After his three-day separation from Mary and Joseph, Mary said to Jesus when she found him in the temple, Your father and I have been looking for you with anxiety. But Jesus says, Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? meaning his heavenly father. Yet, the story says clearly that Jesus submitted to their position with respect. He went with them back to Nazareth, and the word says he lived in subjection to them. He lived in obedience to them. At times that must have been hard. Jesus knew all things, yet he obeyed his parents. Now, we could apply this truth to boys and girls living under the authority of their parents. Even if boys and girls think their parents are wrong, they're not entitled to rebel or disobey or disregard their parents' voice. The fourth commandment says, Honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God. It's also true of students at school But it's also true of employees in a workplace, living with a difficult teacher or boss or coach. We live under their authority unless they order us to violate our own faith in God. Jesus learned obedience as if it were submitting to God himself. And it's an inseparable part of spiritual maturity, and it was critical to Jesus' mission. It's also true of us in the authority of the word of God, the scriptures. It is not easy to always live in obedience to God's word. It means that we as people will often live radically countercultural to the society in which we live. And yet God asks us to live surrendered to his authority in obedience to him. That's the third quality, surrendered to God's authority, living in obedience. The fourth quality is sinking our roots deep into the love of God. 
Jesus knew who his father was, where he had come from, and where he was going. He knew his purpose, his calling, his identity. He knew the one to whom he would always belong, and he sunk his roots into that identity as he lived his mission. I have a picture in my pastor's office of my father Oscar Lavig's seminary class in 1940. It was at Luther Seminary at Gullickson Hall in St. Paul, Minnesota, together with his classmates and professors. It hangs in my study as a reminder of my heritage, the seedbed of my faith, and how I am firmly rooted in Jesus Christ. I cherish that from my parents I was raised in a home that loved Jesus Christ and taught me about him. Who could forget a mother kneeling by their bedside, laying hands on their body and asking Jesus to anoint and heal? But it also reminds me of truths like the word alone and grace alone and faith alone. Haven't you seen a singular tree standing on the open prairie, withstanding the storms and the elements through the years, growing ever taller, it towers over the prairie below. The secret is its deep roots in the soil. Colossians 2.6 says, As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so live in him firmly rooted and built up in him in your faith. Our roots sink deep into the love and grace of the Lord Jesus. That's the fourth quality. Sink your roots deep into God's love. But the fifth quality is to embrace the responsibility of doing our Father's business. Nothing could detour Jesus from the purpose in his life that his Father had given him. There's a story of an American visiting France. He came to a place where a large church was being erected. He approached three stonemasons on that job site, one after the other, and asked them, What are you doing? The first one said, I'm cutting stone. The second one said, I'm working for a few francs a day. But the third one said, I'm helping to build a great cathedral. Whatever your work, whatever your life journey, you are to be about your heavenly Father's business in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus from the cross said, It is finished. He meant he had completed his Father's business. When I was a pastor in North Dakota, I taught confirmation to a young boy who had cerebral palsy. His name was John. We had delightful sessions together, and one week when we met for our teaching time, I asked John, what is his favorite thing to do in the world? Without blinking an eye, he said, clean the barn on Saturday morning. Really, I said, you mean shovel manure out of the barn? Yep, I get to work beside my father. It was his joy to work side by side with his father, 
whatever the task. The joy was the relationship with his father. We are to grow up as the people of God. We are to seek the things of God with an open heart and an open mind. We are to discipline ourselves in the rhythm of worship and the word. We are to surrender to authority and live in obedience. We are to sink our roots deep into the love of God. But most of all, we are not saved by Jesus Christ only to be forgiven. We are saved to be set apart to be about our Father's business. O Lord, we thank you for grace greater than all our sin. We thank you for forgiveness when we are ambivalent or undisciplined. By your Spirit, continue to call us close to your heart. Enlighten our minds. Set our souls on fire. That we not only trust the forgiveness of our sins and the truth that we are saved and forgiven as the people of God, but open us up to understand your desire for us as we seek to do our Father's business. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. You have been worshiping with the Christian Crusaders Internet and Radio Ministry. It's our prayer that today's message has been an encouragement to you and your path to spiritual maturity and faith. A number of devoted Christian Crusader listeners have chosen to include this ministry in their estate planning. Estate gifts have become a significant part of our ministry. In this way, those donors leave a legacy of faith in Christ that extends far beyond their time on earth. To learn more about including Christian Crusaders in your estate planning, call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. If you are interested in learning more about Christian Crusaders, we encourage you to consider receiving our newsletter, The Crusader. Each issue contains special articles by our speakers, as well as news about the ministry. Send us an email with the message, Send Me Your Newsletter, to cc at naz.org. Or call our office at 1-888-693-2484. If today's message helps serve your spiritual needs, we encourage you to consider a gift to help cover our production and broadcasting cost. You can make an online secure donation on our webpage, christiancrusaders.org, or send your gift directly to our office at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We are pleased you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was our associate speaker, Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa. 
Christian Crusaders is privileged to have been broadcasting biblical truth continually since 1936.